You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, Philippians chapter 3 this morning, we're continuing on in the Habits of Happiness series as we're working our way through Paul's letter to the believers at Philippi. In this series, we've been discovering how we can, how we can generate, how we can create greater happiness in our lives. Because one of the things I know about everyone in the room today is we all want more happy, right? Man, if, not that you're not happy. You know, I hope you're in a happy place today. But we can have more happy and greater happy. And what I know is that's what we all want. You know, never in my um, 30 years of pastoral ministry have I found anyone who just said, Hey, pastor, can you help me be more miserable in my life? <laughs> and it doesn't happen. What? We all want more happy, not more miserable, Right. And so that's why we've been working through this letter. This is the the fifth of a a six-part series, Habits of Happiness. Habits that we can create that generate happiness in our life. Well, I came across a story this past week of a six-year-old girl who who goes to the hospital with her grandmother to to visit her grandfather who had been quite ill. And so here's the six-year-old with her grandmother. They go into the hospital, and uh, this little six-year-old girl kind of breaks away from her grandma and runs down the hallway, bursts into the room where her grandfather's at, and, and she excitedly says, Grandpa, Grandpa, as soon as Grandma comes into the room, make a noise like a frog. And Grandpa says, Excuse me? And the little six-year-old girl, the granddaughter, says, Yeah, make a noise like a frog because Grandma says, When you croak, we all get to go to Disneyland. <laughs> I think to some degree, to some degree, we all struggle with what I call destination disease. And destination disease is this. When I get to a certain destination, like a Disneyland, then I will find happy at that destination. It's destination disease. Happiness is about a location. It's about a place that someday you're going to get to. If you've not experienced destination disease before in your life, I'm certain probably you've seen someone who struggling with destination disease. It, It may have looked like this. There's a a high schooler who's thinking, boy, if I can just get accepted at that um, college that I want to go to, if, if they can just accept me and I can get out of high school and I can get out of the home where there's all of these rules and regulations and I can get to that college, that destination, then I'll be happy there. And they get accepted and they get there and you know what they discover? It's college and it's work. Or maybe it looks like this. There's an individual who's thinking, man, if I can just find that right person and get married, if I can get to that marriage destination, if I can just get there, then there I'll be happy. And they get there, they get to that destination, they get married, and you know what they discover? They discover that there's things in marriage that can drain you of happiness as well. Or maybe it looks like this. There's the individual who's thinking, if I can just get that promotion, if I can just get to that place, if I can just achieve that position, if I can get to that destination in my career, then I'll be happy. If I can get to the corner office with all the windows, then I'll be happy. Listen, I'm in that corner office and I'm telling you, it's not as great as they say it is. 
If you think that that destination is going to create the happiness that you want. Or maybe it looks like this. If you're in a, a different season of life, maybe it looks like retirement. Man, if I could just... I mean, if I can save enough money and if I can get a strategy where I can get to retirement, when I get there, that destination of retirement, then I'll be happy. The challenge with that is, is you miss a lot of opportunity to be happy along the way because you're thinking that destination is going to bring you the happiness you want. Or I see this quite often, individuals thinking, boy, if we can just have the right vacation, if we can get to that right location to have that wonderful vacation, we don't have happy now because this is the grind of reality, like day-to-day stuff. But if we can get there, then we'll have happy there at that destination. And you might have happy there at that destination, but you know the problem with vacation? It doesn't last. Then you have to come back to the everyday reality. Hey, if we're not careful, we can get tripped up with with this thing that I call destination disease. The happiness is not a destination to arrive at, but happiness is a lifestyle you choose. Not a destination to arrive at, but a lifestyle you choose. There's habits that you can embrace and choices that you can make that will set you up for happiness. The Apostle Paul gives us some great insight as he's writing from a prison cell about some daily habits that we can establish that will create the happiness that we want in our lives. So think about this, Paul writing from a prison cell. How many of you would say that a prison cell is probably not a happy destination? Not a happy destination. Yet in the midst of his destination, not only is Paul discovered happy, but he's telling us how we can find happy. You know what that tells me? It tells me that happiness is not so much about a destination as it about the choices you make and the attitude you have. You can have happiness in every season, in every situation. If you set your heart to choose to be happy. It's a lot about, it's a lot about life. The life you live is shaped by the choices that you make. So Paul gives us some great advice here, kind of about the the day-to-day stuff as to how we can discover greater happiness in our lives. Let's read about it. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Notice Paul begins like this. Notice the first line. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Be happy in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Notice verse 2. Watch out for those dogs. Those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But notice verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. 
I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death and somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12 Paul goes on to write, not that I've already obtained all this or already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Wow, some great, great insight for us. You know, I happen to believe that the secret to your success, the secret to your happiness is found in your daily routines. It may sound trite, but today is all you have, right? Yesterday's gone. I mean, we, we're not certain about tomorrow, so what do we have? We have today. That's why today, today matters. And it's the choices that we make on a daily basis that determine the level of happiness that we experience in us. So if we want greater happiness, we need to focus on what are the habits that we need to be developing to bring us to the happiness that we desire. How many of you know that there's, there's bad habits and there's good habits, right? How many of you know someone who has some bad habits? That's you, right? There's bad habits but there's good habits. So what we're trying to deal with the bad habits and we're trying to establish good habits. So what are the habits that we can develop in our lives that sets us up to experience greater happiness? I think Paul gives us like four or five ideas here in the scripture we just read. So let me give you uh, some habits for happiness. The first is this, and these are things that you need to do every day. So we're talking about consistency here. Because again, what? Happiness is not about destination, right? It's about decisions, the decisions that you're making. So here's the first habit that we're going to do every day. Every day, we want to relax in God's grace. Relax. Tell your neighbor, hey, relax in God's grace. You know, oftentimes, oftentimes when we think of grace, when we think of salvation, Because we're saved by grace. And that's true. And I'm grateful for grace that brings heaven. How many of you are grateful for God's saving grace? Praise God for His saving grace. But grace is greater than salvation. Grace brings us to salvation. But grace is greater than salvation. So what is grace? Grace is that of God's unending goodness. Grace is that of God's unmerited favor. Grace is that of God bringing His goodness to us in our lives. That's grace. So praise God for saving grace. But then there's the grace of God that we can live in every day. So we want to we relax in God's grace. You know, in Paul's situation here, he encourages the believers at Philippi. If you look back to verse 2, he says, watch out for the dogs. And we're thinking like, okay, what kind of dogs? Is that the German shepherds or the, the labs? Or like, what kind of dogs are we watching out for? And Paul's not so much talking about like the animal, a dog. He's speaking, to a, he's speaking about a specific group of people called the Judaizers. 
the Judaizers. These were individuals who were saying, we're saved by grace and these other things. So there's grace, but then there's these rules and regulations. So you have to, like, you have to earn the approval of God. Paul's saying, hey, watch out. Don't allow others to bring rules and regulations in their legalism in such of a way that it restricts you and robs you of happiness. For example, one of the things that Judaizers would say is, is that if you're going to be saved, there's grace and circumcision. Now, for all the ladies in the room today, circumcision is not that big of a deal. But for all the men in the room, the top of the list of joy stealers is circumcision. <laughs> if you're 45 years old and you come to know Jesus and you've got to get in the line for circumcision, I mean, that's not a happy day. Not a happy experience. Yet that's what the Judaizers were saying. There's grace and then there's rules and regulations. Paul would say, no, you need to relax. Relax in God's grace. Now, now, grace is not a license to sin. It's not like, oh, there's grace. You can go live like hell. Go do whatever you want. That's, that's not what Paul's saying. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is this. It's, it's the privilege that we have of living in the fullness of all that God is and all that He has for us. That's grace. Relax in God's grace. And as we relax in God's grace, what we discover, we discover greater joy. Several months ago, there was an individual who found his way into my office because he had a joy leak. He was struggling in his life, and he was struggling. This is the reason he was struggling. As he came into my office, we began to talk. And what I discovered is he came to know Christ as his Savior, and then whoever was discipling him, whoever was instructing him, built up this, all of these rules and regulations. So the man came, to, much like what Paul's talking about here. The man came to know Christ as his Savior, and then this man who was discipling was saying, okay, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And he was struggling with his humanity, and in his humanity, he couldn't do all of these things, and he was failing, and because he was failing, he thought he was a failure. So what he was miserable, he was not finding happiness. And you know what I told him? I said, hey, relax in God's grace. Don't be overwhelmed with the rules. And the, listen, you don't have to work to earn God's acceptance, to earn His approval, or earn His love. It's, it's called His grace. Amen. So what we want to, first thing we want to do every day, what we want to relax in God's grace. Here's the second, second thing we want to do every day as we're kind of building these healthy habits, bringing us to happiness is this. Every day we want to remember what matters most. Remember what matters most. Have you noticed have you noticed that it's easy for us to get distracted? Or is it just me? It really is. It's easy for us to get distracted. We can find ourselves chasing after the wrong things in life. It's like we're going along and everything's fine, all of a sudden there's something flashy and we bam, we we took a, a detour. We're going along, everything's great, and, and then there's a distraction, and we get off the road. It's like we're, we're, it's like we're traveling down the interstate, and all of a sudden we find ourselves off on a do, detour, and we don't even know how we got there. This is what I know about us. We are easily distracted, and we can find ourselves chasing after things that we think are going to bring happiness. In the end, the flashy things of life will not bring us happiness. What they'll do is they can bring you to emptiness. That's why we need to do what Paul says here. We need to remind ourselves every day of what really matters most. One of the things I have to do in my life, because I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, I have this little 
distraction thing going. That's why I do all of my sermon work usually from 4 to 6.30 in the mornings. Because when the sun comes up, if there's a bird that flies by my office, I'm just gone. Like, whoa, a bird. It doesn't take much to distract me. And so if I do my work early before it gets daylight, I don't have the distractions. Because I'm just easily distracted. But one of the things I've had to do in my own life, and this is just a consistent pattern for me, is I, I consistently evaluate and recalibrate. Evaluate and recalibrate. Why? Because I don't know about you, but I've just got this tendency to chase after the things that don't really matter, and I miss the things that really do matter. What are the things that really do matter? The things that really do matter is relationship with Christ and relationship with others. The end of the day, what's going to bring you the greatest happiness in your life? Relationship with Christ, relationship with others. But if you're not careful, you're going to lose sight of the things that matter most. And you're going to be chasing these temporary things. Or you're going to be chasing this destination thinking if I get there, I'm going to get happy. And you're going to be really disappointed because you miss what really matters. Notice, notice what Paul wrote, Philippians 3, 7. He says, those things were important to me, but now I think, uh, but now I think they are worth nothing because of Christ. He was talking about titles and the things that everything else was, everything else that everyone was applauding. He says, I used to think that was really important. He says, now I've come to the thing that really matters. And it's that of knowing Christ. Well, true happiness, lasting happiness, is found what? In relationship with Christ and relationship with others. So every day, what are we going to do? We're going to remember. I'm going to remind myself of what matters most. Here's a, that leads us right into the third habit that we need to be practicing, embracing. It's this. Every day, we want to get to know Jesus better. Every day, what we're gonna, we're gonna, man, we're gonna invest in our relationship with Christ. Hey, Christianity is not about knowing more rules. It's not about getting more um, legalism. It's not about getting more religion. It's really all about knowing Jesus better. It's about growing deeper in your relationship with Christ. That's what Christianity is all about. It's interesting, in John 10.10, Jesus himself said these words, I have come that you might have life and have that life in abundance or have that life in the overflow. So why did Jesus come? He came to bring us life. We might say it like this, Jesus came to bring happiness for us. Because I really believe that it's not just that I want to be happy, I really believe that God wants me to be happy. I believe that God wants us to enjoy life, the life that he's created us for. So Jesus came to bring life, obviously eternal life. But part of that life is what it's happening. That's why Jesus came. So every day, what do we want to do? We want to get to know Jesus better. Notice how Paul states this. If you look back to verse 10 and 11, or actually it's on the screen. Let's read this. Would you read this with me? All I want is to know Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection, to share in his sufferings and become like him in his death in the hope that I myself will be raised from death to life. Notice that first line there. Paul says, all I want is to know Christ. And that word know is not like a head knowledge. The Greek word there, epigonosko, means this. It's an experiential knowledge. 
Paul saying, I want to experience Christ and grow in Him. So every day, what we, we, we want to we come to know Jesus better. I say it like this, and you can write this down, a little equation in your notes. It's this. Um, more Jesus equals more joy. More Jesus in your life equals more joy. How do you get more joy? Well, we're talking about is this growing in your relationship with Christ? Like Paul says, I want to know Him. So the deeper, the deeper you grow in your relationship with Christ, the greater your source of happiness will be. So every day, what are we going to do? We're going to grow in relationship with Jesus. Here's another great habit you need to practice. It's this. Every day, we're going to review where we need to grow. Every day, we're going we're to look at, okay, where do I need to grow? How do I need to grow in my life? See, as we grow and discover greater potential, we come to experience greater joy. So growth brings greater joy. Listen, if we don't grow, we're stuck in the same experience day after day. Think about that. If you're not growing, what are you? You're stuck in the same experience day after day. The Tartar tribes of Central Asia spoke a certain curse over an enemy, and they didn't hurl words calling for their enemy's swords to rust or their people to die of disease. This is the curse that they spoke against their enemy. This is what they said, may you stay in one place forever. Think about that. May you stay in one place forever. If you're in that place where you're staying in one place forever, then it means that you're not growing. It's the same old thing day after after day. And if you're not growing, let me say what's going to happen. If you're not growing, you're going to become stagnant. You're going to become stagnant in your life. And you know what I've discovered about stagnant people? Not only are they bored, but they're boring. If you're not growing, let me tell you what you are. You're bored and you're boring. Because you're in the same place day after day. So what every day we're going we're to say, okay, God, how do I need to grow today in my life? The earlier service today had a, a friend who was in the service, Bobby, um, a, a lady in our congregation. I'm not going to tell you how old she is I, because she would not be happy with me. If you don't tell the age of women. That's one of the things I've come to learn in life. But my friend Bobby is well over 60. She's in, a, um, she's in the senior season of her life. But the thing I love about my friend Bobby is even though she's in a latter season of her life, she is memorizing chunks of Scripture. I'm not talking about a verse here, a verse there. She's memorizing chapters in whole books. To memory. She's committing that to memory all the time. So she, she just, man, the other day she was in my office and she said, hey, I finished this book. I'm, I'm working on a verse, right? She said, I finished this book and I'm starting on another book, Pastor. I think, wow. And every time you're with Bobby, I'm telling you, she is so much fun. She had me laughing so hard. Why? She's like in this older season of her life and she's still learning she's like evergreen ever learning and because she's ever learning what is it she's happy and not only is she happy she brings happiness for others listen if you're stagnant you're bored and you're boring and the stage beyond stagnant is stinking you don't want to get there every day what every day 
We say, God, where, where do I need, where do I need to grow today? Notice how Paul states this. If you look back to verse 12 and 13. The Living Bible reads like this. Paul says, I, I don't mean to say I'm perfect. Haven't learned all that I should even yet. But, but I keep working. I keep working. Notice that I keep working. This is the Apostle Paul. Think about this. I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be. In other words, Paul was saying, I'm in process. Still growing. I'm still learning. Man, you want to discover greater happiness in your life every day, every day. Say, okay, where do I need to grow today? What does God want to teach? What does he want to teach me today? Because this is what I believe. I believe that in everyone in the room today, God's placed greater potential in your life. In other words, there's more of life for you to experience than you've already experienced. So every day, what? You're going to be saying, okay, where do I need to grow today? So that I can experience the fullness of all that God has for me. Lastly, every day, this is really significant, every day, every day you want to forget what can't be changed and focus on the future. Want to discover greater happiness? How do you get there? Every day, forget what can't be changed, and we're looking forward. So let's, let's interact about this for a minute. And when I say let's interact, that means we're going to talk. Okay? So wake your neighbor up. We're going to have a conversation. Think with me for a moment. What happens in someone's life, whether it's your neighbor's or your own, what happens in someone's life when they get stuck in a failure of the past? Or what happens in someone's life when they get hung up on a hurt of the past? So someone wounded them, someone offended them, and they're stuck in what happened last week, last year, 10 years ago, so how, how does that play out? So you get, you get stuck in a failure of the past. What happens in the individual's life? Okay, so one at a time. Miss Jean? Okay, that was, that, I love that word, boring. Yeah, when they're stuck in the past, well, they're boring. Because what? They're not moving forward. Someone else, stuck in the past. They get stinky. I like that too. Bitterness sets in. This is almost always what happens when someone gets stuck in the past, whether they stumbled themselves and created their own train wreck or someone else injured them. What happens if is if they hang out there too long, they get better. And when they get better, it's bitterness that leads to misery and misery leads to a stinking life. It just plays itself out. Why? Because they got stuck. In the past, someone else. Anger. Anger. It's kind of like bitterness. You get you get angry. It's the again the anger that feed the bitterness that leads us to being miserable in our lives. Absence of the joy of today. Oh, it robs them of the joy. Absolutely. Well, because we're living in what happened yesterday. We're missing all of the fun of today. And this is what I know. God has some fun for you today. Right? Well, at least the front row is convinced of it. 
for, but for real, God has some fun for you. To, he has some happy for you today. But if you're living way back here and you're stuck here, so if you're stuck in yesterday, you're missing the happy of the moment. You're missing the happy of today. Not only that, you're robbed of potential. You're living in the past because you're living in the past. You're not looking forward to the future and you're going to miss the future God has for you. Why? Because you're stuck in the past. Every day. Want to discover greater happiness in your life? Here's a critical key. Every day. Every day you're going to forget what happened yesterday and you're going to focus. You're going to focus forward. Paul says it like this. Verse 13 He says, I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, forgetting the past and what looking forward. Listen, like Paul, we need to forget the past. Listen, because you can't change it. It is what it is. Can you learn from it? Well, sure you can. Hope you do. But you can't change it. So we don't want to hang out there. We need to focus on the life before us. You know, my, my years of pastoral ministry, I've met with countless people who've had tragedy in their past. And they usually make their way to my office because they're miserable. For, for some, it, it was a failed marriage and an ex-spouse, an ex-mate who did them wrong. For some, it was a close, it was a close relationship in which they were injured. For some... It was the failure in their past and that they created their own train wreck. Although the stories were often different, the same, it brought them to the same end. It brought them to the same place. They were miserable in their lives. Why? They were stuck in the past. You know what my word of wisdom was to them? Let it go. Let it go. Don't allow yourself to be tethered to the failures the hurts, the injuries, the stuff of yesterday. Because again, what will it do? Really simple. It will rob you of joy. If we get caught in the trap of regret and unforgiveness, what? It robs us of happiness. So again, what are we going to do? We're going to let it go. Every day, we're going we're gonna to let go of the things of the past. We're, we're focusing on the future. So here's a really good question this morning. <coughs> For you, not for your neighbor, for you. What is it in your life that you might need to let go of today? What is it in your life that's that's had you tethered to the past? Again, maybe it's a point of failure you created on your own. Maybe it's a point of injury that someone else created in your life. What is it today in your life that you need to let go of? So every day, what are we doing? We're forgetting the past, hurts the stuff, the trauma of the past, and we're and we're focusing, we're focusing forward. As I wrap this up this morning, I, I want to bring you back to the very truth I started with. Happiness is, is not about finding the right destination. So, so don't be deceived. Don't be misled by what I call the, the destination disease. Happiness is discovered 
on a daily basis as you embrace the right habits. We talked about five things this morning. Not, not hard to understand. The five things we talked about today are really they're simple to understand. Maybe a little harder to live out. But I encourage you every day. What are you going to do? Every day, man, we're going to take these simple principles. We're going to work them into our lives. And the end result is this. What are you going to have? You're going to have more happiness, greater happiness in your life. Because again, the secret to your happiness, the secret to your success is in your daily routines. It's what you choose to cultivate on a daily basis every day. How many of you know we all need some help with that? Would you agree with that? We all need some help with that. So let's pray about it. Holy Spirit, we just admit that this morning. We need help. Though the principles we talked about today are biblical and simple, they are at times difficult for us to work into our lives. And so, Holy Spirit, um, you're the one who refines. You're the one who reveals Jesus to us. Holy Spirit, you're the one who's helping us walk this out and work it out in our lives. So, so this morning, we just admit we're, we're a bunch of... of uh, Failure-prone people. We're a bunch of folks, God, who, who love Jesus, but at times we stumble walking this out. So Holy Spirit, help us, help us take these principles, this scripture in Philippians 3, 1 through 13, and, and work it into our lives every day. That we might discover, God, the fullness of life that you have for us. That we might discover the happiness, the joy that we all want. As we're building these healthy habits that set us up for that success, that set us up for that happiness. And Lord, this morning, if there's individuals here, here's a big one. We need to let it go, whatever it was in the past. I find this to be maybe one of the, the more challenging joy stealers, the stuff of the past. Lord, if there's individuals here today who need to let something go, who need to untether themselves from that, that issue, that thing, that event, that person, God, I pray today that they would be able to let it go so that they can focus forward on the, on the great future that you have for them. And Lord, again, this is not once in a lifetime stuff this is every day so Holy Spirit help us every day every day to walk it out I pray these things in Jesus name Amen for more information on Grace Covenant Church our service times ministry opportunities directions and more visit us at gracecovenant.org